You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to one of us.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Well, there goes the Swedish tourism industry. So, be Bane going to talk about the horror movies, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. the best thing that's ever happened to the Dominican Republic. Thank <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, they're Christ. not going to Sweden now. Yeah, it's yeah. here instead. Yeah, yeah. Come, so come from, down here, we'll just turn you into a zombie. We're not going to do any weird shit to Was you. it Slovakia, where hostile movies are shot? They're all like, oh my God, it finally happened. <laughs> There's a country that's worse to visit than ours. <laughs> At least for horror movies. No, yeah. finally, the, the Swedes are finally being portrayed as the monsters we all knew they were <laughs> all along. I mean, Bergman did not get that grim by accident, kids. I'm still waiting for the Dutch horror film with someone killing everyone with wooden shoes. <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure that's Bludgeoning happened. them yeah, with their clogs. It's going to be my directorial debut. <laughs> but we'll write it. Yeah, I know. Goddamn Dutchies. <laughs> it's like the one people you can be racist against. I know. No one cares. Nobody like, cares. I have an unreasoning, bigoted hatred for the we Dutch. We hate their socialism and, and free health care. Exactly. Fuck you guys. You guys and your well taken care of canals. And their and their uh and your tulips. Hi, <laughs> your, your tulips, your four lips, your six lips. I don't know how many lips he's got. Also he's that touchy. whole misadventure in the Congo. Uh, you know, we're still kinda that's still fresh. Nobody is that excited about a fjord. And they're like <laughs> Damn you and those, your those li- the living you wages. Jays in the middle of perfectly normal words. <laughs> anyway, we are here to actually review a film which is called uh, Midsummer. Oh, uh, no. it's called Midsomar. Somar. I think it's yeah, Midsomar. Midsomar really. And we're here to determine whether patients liked it uh, large Somar, Midsomar, <laughs> or small Somar. <laughs> uh, let's go around and see who's here. I, of course, am Chris. John Golson. Marco. But. And. Well, that, are, are you clockwise? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't mean to clockwise. Oh, sorry. I mean, he pointed to me. It's always clockwise. <sighs> anyway, nice Bo, job, Bo was here. I thought we were going in order of people that mattered. Uh, oh, oh, shit. And yet you still only rank second to last. <laughs> Look, John's like, I'm second? <laughs> I'm comfortable with this new position. <laughs> I don't mind being happens. in the squishy center. Look, this is very exciting to me, this film, uh, because I really enjoyed Hereditary when Ari Oster put it out, <clears> who had done a series. What? What? Your patience. No, you know. I didn't. No, I, just, I wasn't saying <laughs> I know, you Hereditary not, at all. You did not care for Hereditary. I didn't. I very much did. Um, I thought it was a... It, all, all, all the good people did. Everyone gives me so much shit about this because I liked Hereditary up until like the last 15 minutes. Yeah, and then, then you, I thought it was fucking yeah, stupid. But then you threw the whole... Every time someone brings it up, you're like, worst yeah, movie worst ever made. Worst movie. No, that's It Follows. Oh my God. All right. We're not going to have that discussion again. <laughs> Yeah, you probably will. <laughs> probably will. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to have... Review. I mean, we... But Ari Oster, I mean, Hereditary was his feature film debut. Yeah. And it launched to, like, glowing praise from everyone except Patience. <laughs> yes. And, like, I mean, it really is artistically something we hadn't seen before done in horror. And certainly a lot of people say that or The Witch 
kind of launched what people, a term I hate, but elevated horror. I just say, hey, these people are actually making really good, really thoughtful, artful horror films I, like that are making people guys, not guilty about liking a horror film. Guys, it's artsy-fartsy horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's horror. true. But I was as excited as everybody else to see what he was going to follow up with and nervous because, you know, it's not normal to follow up yes. like something like that as big a hit as that with, with something he, he else that's going to be should fall in his face with this one. And yet, I yeah. suspect he's not going to whatsoever. In fact, I would I would venture to say I enjoyed Midsummer considerably more than I did. Yeah, he's two for two right now. Yeah. One and a half for but two. Let's talk uh, talk about what this movie's actually about. And normally I would start off with the plot, but Bo will always interrupt me anyway, so we might as well just let <laughs> it's him. It's about talk. how Swedish people are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have our, our main character is uh Danny, played by uh played incredibly well by uh Florence Pugh. She doesn't really do any acrobatics in this, but just having seen her and other things, I'm I'm so impressed with, with her range because she's a very you buy her completely in this role that she is inhabiting, which is of a, a, a woman who definitely has psychological problems of her own, and then they, they are exacerbated when she gets a mysterious email from her, her sister, and then, uh, you know, she she confides in her boyfriend, who he's kind of trying to get out of the relationship because he, he feels that she's kind of needy and clingy. And played by uh, the, the poor man's Chris Pratt, Jack I was going to say, he's, he's <laughs> like Chris Pratt, he, 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 like he, doppelganger. No, no, he's, he's kind of almost rolling a little towards Seth Rogen character for me. <laughs> okay, but, maybe it's not like a little bit yeah. in between, yeah. a little bit in between. He's yeah. uh, Chris he's, Rogan before. He's, it was Chris Rogan. He's Chris Rogan. He's he's action Seth Rogan. Uh, he's you know he's hanging out with the, his buddies. They're in grad school. They're they're trying to figure out what what they're going to do with the their the theses, with the exception of their friend Josh, uh, played by uh, William, William Jackson Harper, Cheedy from the Good Place, Cheedy from the Good Place. <laughs> uh, who you know he kind of has this shit wired. He he wants to to study European Midsummer Festival uh, uh, tradition. Um, and he's, he's kind of trying, he's, he's, he wants to get out of this relationship, but he's being the, the typical wishy-washy, like, I don't want to hurt her, I, you know, I just want to figure out a way to get rid of her without feeling bad. Yeah, but when, like, her whole and family then, dies, yeah, her, her, he's like, shit. And indeed, this, this <laughs> email that she gets from her sister turns out to, to have, you know, was actually a dire portent, because she ends up offing herself, and at the same time, she she offs her parents as well. Uh, so we have this, this murder-suicide going on, and she's, she's wheelless, and, you know, this happens in winter, and, you know, s- s- you know, what? However many months later, or five months later, he, you know, they're still together because he's he's got enough like he's got enough decency that he's just like this would be a bad time to break up with you. Oh, yeah. And but he's still he and his, his uh, uh, collegiate cohorts have been planning this this trip to uh, Sweden uh, with their uh, with their their friend Pell. Or Pella, uh, played by uh, Wilhelm Blomgren, who is, <laughs> nice. is probably oh, really a, a, I'm thinking he right. is a, a a native Swede or at least Scandinavian of some nature, uh, and he <laughs> is uh, so yes, he's like very feisty people who love I, Doctor Who. <laughs> I grew up on, on the, the I grew up on this commune, and we we you know maintain a lot of the the old traditional festivals. Uh, why don't you come along? And of course, uh, uh, Josh, uh, the, the Chidi, if you will, is, is he's like, oh my god, this is this is right up my alley. And uh, William, or uh, excuse me, uh, Christian, his character is he's basically like, 
well, I, I haven't really decided what I want to do, but but I know I don't want to be here. Yeah, he's looking for direction. Yeah. The other friend, Will Poulter, just wants an excuse to party with whatever. He's like, that's yeah, he's cool. like, trip Can to Sweden? Drugs? Let's go. Beautiful, um, beautiful blondes yeah. and, and lax drug rules. But then Christian, being, as you said, kind of wishy-washy, ends up in a position where when uh, when uh, Florence Pugh's character, Danny, overhears the everybody else talking about this, and she's like, I didn't even know about that this was a thing you were going, he is ends up in the position, sorry, guys. I, I told her she was yeah. invited and that it was your he, idea. He, he totally Yoko Ono's her. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and no, no, nobody's thrilled, but they, they, they go along and they, they, you know, they, they, they really don't even even stay in in Stockholm. They, they, they go straight to the, uh, uh, you know, straight straight yeah. to this place, and they, they meet. Uh, a bunch of other young people, uh, and and uh, one of whom has brought his college friends, uh, 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 an, an Englishman and an Australian girl, um, and they're they're like, hey, let's you know we're 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 going to go to the, the thing, but we've we've got a couple, you know, we got about a day before we need we need to get in. Let's let's uh, let's do some mushrooms and you know feel feel shit yeah. out. Well, I mean, it's because a he jo- doesn't. What could go wrong? What it's could a, go wrong? It's a beautiful, most bucolic field ever with a bunch of people like who are like really laid back. Some of which are wearing like white robes. It seems like this is a pretty laid back. I mean, hugging literally, scenario if, if, if you want to do like you know hallucinogens, like. Denmark, Sweden, Norway, these are the people you want to get. They're all basically descended from, you know, fairy wood folk yeah, in the this, first place. And okay. so they're, if this, they're, they're if this help, wasn't yeah. a horror movie, that would indeed be the yeah. perfect place to take psychedelic drugs. Yeah. No question. But, but here's where things, you know, and, and things have already, already been filled with dread because we're, we're, we're dealing with the, these, this very real uh, specter of death that Danny is facing. But once we start getting into the illusions, you know, the things, the veil starts to to come down a bit, and and things get weird until we get to the commune itself, and, and then it's like, oh well, this is this is perfectly bucolic, and this is exactly if you told me you grew up on a Swedish commune, this is how I would picture it. And and what we've got is like right off the bat, the director Avi Oster is like taking this world uh, that is exactly bucolic is the only way to describe it. This beautiful commune of that's incredibly welcoming and friendly, but always having something about it that's just so off-putting and foreign. There's people, like, randomly playing flutes for no reason sometimes. Or, there's a bear in a cage. And, like, an it's, there's a lot of stuff. But there are people just incredibly bear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's incredibly Swedish. Yeah, and, and, and these guys are like, okay, well, I mean, they're not, nobody here except for maybe Will Poulter is dumb. They're like, okay, well, obviously this is a very different culture than ours. This is a very different culture even for Sweden. So, like, just be respectful and try and enjoy it for what it is. And everyone couldn't be nicer the whole time. And they're like, this is great. But there's always something around the edges even before. And it takes a while before the real horror outside of the opening with the the dead family starts going in this film. And everything, there's always something that just feels slightly Well, for example, like in the bunkhouse where all of the 18 to 36 year olds sleep is that yes. is that correct but there is a baby in there and the baby is never stops screaming never stops crying and i was just like oh my god can someone shut it, that fucking baby up already the, like the, all right. 
the architecture of the place isn't like it isn't IKEA. It's it's like yeah. it, it, it's like Vikings by way of Cthulhu. There's there's just like these kind of off putting directed by it, Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is very much where you if you're looking for that that Wes Anderson horror movie, this is going to get really close to. Yeah. By, by the way, your bearing the lead here a bit because one of the things Midsummer this the period of time when the sun is at its highest. And it's basically daylight. It's 30 it's days 20, of, yeah, of death. It's, it's basically <laughs> like... Remember like... 28, yeah. It's a horror movie where you 30, literally... 30, you get like three night scenes. 30 days of night, but the opposite. Yeah, 30 yeah. days of day. Yeah, yeah 30 days of day. people have, to my knowledge, have ever really done that. There's been horror that is set during the daylight, but I can't think of a horror that has made... This is kind of like insomnia. Northern Exposure. Meets Wicker Man. Well, that's, yes, that and, famous you know, horror that franchise, Northern Exposure. <laughs> that's light is what's terrifying. That's why insomnia. That's I think. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that's just part of what makes this effective in the way yeah. he chooses to build towards the eventual more overt horror elements in this film. Is that things like that? It just throws everyone so far off their yeah. game, and even you as an audience, the character's like, "Wait, what time is it?" Yeah, what like there's no it? way to know. It's like everything just one flowing into the other. That it does, in fact, despite the fact everything's totally totally brightly lit. It's beautiful everywhere. That is part of why this is getting yeah. steadily creepier and Absolutely. creepier. Absolutely. And I think this is one of the things that sets us apart from other horror films, which are always like take place at night and in the dark and makes it creepy. This is like full daylight. Like there is no dark. They have to put shades over the windows in order to, in sleep. Order to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And she has to take sleeping pills because you're so thrown off by how how bright everything is. Yeah, all the foreigner circadian rhythms are completely gone. I mean, that's just unusual for a horror film. There's a great anthology horror called Spirits of the Dead, uh, and one of the segments uh, with Terrence Stamp is called uh, uh, Toby Toby Dammit. Is that Amicus? Uh, I might be. I, I'm not. I'm not completely certain. But like, the spirit of evil is portrayed as like this young girl playing with a, a ball, and it's creepy as fuck. It is. It has freaked me out from the first time I saw it when I was very young. And there's an element of that, like on the periphery of nearly. Every time you're outside, there are these people that are participating in these little, little, you know, fucking wicker man ceremonies, for lack of a better word, where they're moving their hands around and doing these little dances and, you know, sacrificing fucking wooden horses. And you're just like, what the, you know, it's like, yes, this is bucolic, but what the fuck is going on? Come to think of it, I think Wicker Man did take place during the, in the daylight. A lot, the the vast majority of it. But that's, this is the, New. This is kind of a new, totally new re-envisioning of sure. the Wicker Man yeah. idea. But I mean, it's definitely not a remake of that film. I don't like. Please. But, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, please. not like that the Nicolas Cage please. one, which is decidedly not creepy or scary, but kind <laughs> of amusing nonetheless. Uh, but it has that same harvest. Festival. This one gets yeah. that sort Hagen. of sense of like. Everything's slightly off. I don't really know where I am. Everyone seems nice enough. Well, you know, but you could go to any number of countries in, in Europe or the, the lowlands or wherever, Netherlands, etc., and you can go to these kind of festivals that are done for tourists. They feel very quaint. They feel very antiquated. And this movie actually takes them seriously. I, I'm pretty sure this is a made-up version that mm. it's not strictly adhering to any one particular religious sect. No, no, of course but not. But it, it actually takes the idea of, like, religion and that sort of ecstatic 
uh, messianic approach to religion very, very seriously. It's not this thing that at for all, and you see all of the foreigners are like kind of laughing, like isn't this kind of weird and silly? And then you like. Oh, and then no, the, they take the, the hammer, seriously. the hammer literally drops. Yes. <laughs> well, this. a couple things drop first before yeah. the hammer. Uh, and okay. this, <laughs> the, one of the things I love about this because I am a symbology geek, like from the very first, the symbolism. Very, yeah, oh, the, the, the very symbolism. first. Are you symbolism. the dude from the Da Vinci Code? I am the dude from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> the the opening. Like the opening well, slide is is a tapestry, yeah. And you know, from then on, really, uh, especially once you get out of the the like, you know, you get into the village itself. Like it's just everything is symbolic in some way or the well, other. Well, you're searching every like it's not like there's there's only so many buildings there, but every single one of them there's something odd about yes. it, like the way it's designed uh, yeah, or what's and in it, angles and you find really yourself weird. just like. Sort of becoming very aware that everything uh, seems like it means something. Yeah. Also, yeah, everything know, has a purpose. Um, if you notice this, but all of their outfits had a rune. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, stitched into it, so each person had their own ruin that uh, you know when. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil. I think anything, that's a spoil. You, becomes- just, you just ruined it. Oh, oh. That was terrible. never speak again. Uh, yeah, there, there's a, there, there's the rooms and the the costumes. Everybody's wearing white, but but they, they have, have the piping yeah, of room. different colors, and, and which well, comes, comes in later with what the contact is of when the of the main the actual like characters from the outside are coming in and when they're engaged in this to some level. Does their runic clothing, whatever it is, mean something different? But I mean, I'm sure there's yeah, it like means a, your foot. I'm sure there's a context. But <laughs> I, w- I would love to hear Aviaster talk about this. John, you've been very quiet, and I know it's because this is one of your first eight, uh, highly suspect no. reviews with a whole crowd. Hey, man, that would be fucking just interrupt. Uh, we all do. Yeah, ultra religious yeah. white people. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> It, it, you know, for a movie in 2019, it couldn't be more ripped from the headlines in regards to who should we be afraid of? We Swedish. Really be afraid of the blonde haired, blue eyed people the, that are super religious. The whitest people on earth. <laughs> um, you know, and, and well, you and I watched uh, what um, they shoot horses, don't they? So yeah. we both know Great that there's movie. nothing good that comes from marathon dancing. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> true. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, nice. I, the thing they I found, sacrifice May Queens, don't they? <laughs> I, the thing I found most fascinating about this, I think, with the, it being his second movie, is it really starts to reveal the things that frighten him. Mm-hmm. And one of the takeaways for me was most horror films position um, the fear of death. They make it personal in regards to we want you to feel afraid to die by watching the characters be afraid to die. He has a completely different tack in Hereditary and in this film where he's afraid of losing everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, it's about, I'm going to instill fear in you, but the fear is going to come from a place of, what if you lose everyone you love? It's the burden of death that weighs over all of the characters in both of his films. And you see why all of, uh, uh, what's the character's name, the... The, the the boyfriend why he hey, Christian yeah Christian and his, <laughs> yeah, yeah symbology Christian and his friends are kind of like if you've ever been around people who have mental health issues or are going through some horrible trauma you want to help them out but at some point it's like you're a drag to be around right you're a millstone you just bring everything down and yet I feel like a bad person if I don't hang out with you and that dread of like oh my god she's gonna come with us or I'm going to spend the whole night comforting this person when I just want to go hang out with my buddies. The dread that he manages to 
just using that first act. Just on that setup is impressive um, as hell. Can I address, I, I feel like it's really important to talk about here that Oster as a director is not only really good with developing characters where he, he takes his time to set them up, you understand who they are, to when things start to happen to them, they feel contextually appropriate and interesting and you care. But his major skill are these little visual touches he does to yeah. unsettle you. Mm. With Hereditary, he was just fucking getting started. Because in Midsummer, it's like really clever. There's, there's not a single jump scare in this movie, yeah. but yeah. it's so off-putting. It yeah, is, there's a, uh, the, the architecture of yeah. the village Well, no, I is, mean, like, even, like, what he's doing digitally. Um, like, yeah. there's things, like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, people, like, they keep feeding them psychedelic drugs and, to some and, degree. And here's, the, here's <laughs> one thing I gotta say. I've seen a lot of movies that feature hallucinogens. This is the only movie I've ever seen that really, like, Captain wow, you got the optics yeah. pretty fucking yeah. spot on. He does this thing where he's focusing on just specific things in the frame are subtly moving or changing. Like the flowers or, like, yeah, like just little yeah. tiny things are changing and that you were... Well, it's you not occasionally people's faces will get that weird way that people yeah. look completely But it's subtle. It's, yeah. yeah. It's not in your face. And also, like, he... Alright, so he's not totally divorced from playing in traditional horror tropes, but a lot of the time he's doing more, like, interesting things with them. Like, there's an old trope in film and much less horror or anything where you turn the camera upside down with a journey-type shot, right? Like, go, oh, everything is gonna get off-center. He holds that yeah, shot yeah. for a really long time to the point that you as an audience start Feel, to get super yeah. uncomfortable and even vaguely nauseous watching it. And I was like, that's impressive. I've never seen anyone that's do that before. Yep. That's really interesting. It really was. And this movie is kind of lousy with cool yeah. moments like that where I was like, wow, you really, it's not like you're completely reinventing the wheel, but you are taking the wheel and making it more awesome. Well, it's one of those <laughs> things that every once in a while a filmmaker, and, and it's impressive that it's such a young filmmaker, uh, every once in a while a filmmaker will set themselves a challenge that you just go, oh, you don't have to do that. But the fact that you've chosen to do that means you're committed to it. And by making this all during the daylight, basically, if you consider 99% of horror is based on putting stuff in the dark, keeping things out of the edge of the frame, he takes that major tool that most filmmakers use as a crutch, throws it right out the window. And from that point on, you're like, this is a guy who's really confident in the story he's telling. Okay, so I want to hear right now, because we've been talking almost nothing but effusive praise here. Now, I know there has to be some things that people didn't like about this movie. And I know I have actually a few things that I was like, that was just okay. But I don't want to, but like, uh, John, do you have anything in particular you wanted to? Um, You know, it's easy to armchair quarterback. This has more humor in it than than Hereditary, and there were parts of me that wondered if maybe Mm. I would have. I because I I really really liked it, but it didn't hit me in that dread sweet spot the same way that Hereditary did. Although I was completely enraptured by it, it was it there was. I, I never had that, like, oh, God, I need a shower feeling. I was thinking like, the same thing, and yeah. I think it's partially because... And he diffuses it a lot. He diffuses it a lot. But yeah. the humor's great. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah. The question and, and, is, what kind of movie do you want? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so there was there were things like that. Um, I actually found um, the character of Christian um, 
complicated. Misogynistic. I, I found him. I found him. Uh, he's an impotent decision maker. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I felt I did really appreciate. And I know you said to say something negative, but I appreciated the fact that they. Uh, in the scene where he's like, hey, I'm going to do my thesis on the same thing you're going to do your thesis on. He's kind of a It dick. was the same kind of treatment that he gave to Danny at the beginning of the movie when they had the weird argument where she kept apologizing to him. Well, yeah. Um, no, it's like he, he gaslights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, yeah that's exactly. He may be, she, she comes he's in a, with a valid complaint. He's a, he's a narcissist. She comes in with a valid complaint about something put up in a very polite, respectful way, and he turns around to the point where she ends up apologizing he's to him. He's very passive-aggressive. Yeah. And he's that way the entire movie. And like you said, it's not that's not a criticism. I think that is very central to that character. It just makes him annoying to be around. But I think also in the case of uh, Danny, she is also somewhat passive aggressive. She's also a handful. She's also damaged. Well, I, Nobody yeah, she's in this definitely movie damaged. Is, but the movie's okay. the movie's sympathies more lay with Absolutely. her for sure. And I think and I, it I would demonize I, the cultist. I, I would argue part of the problem, and maybe why Rayner was cast, is that he's not. The, he doesn't have a huge amount of range as an actor. In fact, I think there are some scenes in here he's downright not good in. Um, he's stretching to do these like parts where you're, you're he should have. It he's supposed to have, open mouth stare a lot of times. He's, <laughs> he's supposed to have multiple yeah. things. He's supposed to be dealing with multiple emotions. And he, all I he's see, doing what he needs to, but he never brings it. No, Look, he's the only guy that they auditioned who agreed to go the full Monty. That's basically yeah, no, right. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, Chris Pratt was like, uh, no, no. Uh, now really, that I found he Jesus, he really is no. the poor man's Chris Pratt. He really is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marco, did you have anything particular you wanted to bring up? Uh, I, well, John brought up one, which I think is true. The the humor does come in handy at times. There are a couple moments where I'm not sure if the humor was intentional. I found myself laughing, but I don't know if that was what the uh, the desired effect. There's also speaking of effects. There's again lots of really cool trippy visuals in this. There's some uh, there's some prosthetic work that doesn't always work for me, and I think it might just be because he's working with a modest budget. And as far as complaints go, that was really it. Uh, Occasional moments of humor that didn't seem to connect, and one or two effects that were conceptually very good. But in terms of execution, I'm like, "Mm, I've seen better than that. Uh, Patience, here's the point where in any given review, Patience, after speaking nothing but positive things, goes, oh, I hated this. I hated this movie. (laughs) Tell us how 30 seconds of the movie made you hate all of it. Um, I actually agree with all of you guys. Um, I think my one complaint was I felt like it was a smidge too long. Um, I agree with that, yeah. I mean, I know... 140 minutes, Yeah, 100... Okay, so I was wondering what the runtime was, because at the end, I was just like, oh, God. just Yeah, it drags a little bit because they're not doing character development they're doing like environment like ambiance they're trying to build this whole like cult-like atmosphere that you're getting into and you understand the character's progression into you know like oh i'm a free thinking person and now i'm brainwashed there's a there's a thing in acting like when you get like into that week right before dress rehearsal yeah sometimes well into it that actors are just like, I'm going to bring some gravitas in this situation uh, by using the pause. Uh-huh. And it's like, 
No, actually, this is the time where you need to, to pick up we, the pace. Yeah, we need and, to and, and there's move some it bit, along. Yeah, there's some bits in there where he's, like, trying to infuse it with gravitons and also go, look I, at this pretty picture I, I set I, up. I and it's, and it's, it's great. Like, it's great. It's an anthropological documentary. I, I, mean, I love that yeah. part about it, but can we just, like, make it, like, 20 minutes shorter? Well, because yeah, he just, makes you sit through the whole service. Yeah, yeah and to Patient's point, it's like, you you know you you're sitting down to watch a horror film, so you know that when they arrive there, mm-hmm. shit's going to get weird. Things are going to get bad. So to withhold a lot of that for long periods of time, yeah. Is, to what end? You know what yeah. I mean? Because you you it, it's different if it's misdirection, but yeah. there's no misdirection. And not only that, so. but to the point of the humor, I think the reason that that is you know sprinkled in fairly liberally here is that. You're in the same locale for a, you know, there's mm. that there's that first act, and then you're in the village, and then that's it. And you know, being in that same locale, even though they're they're you know a couple of sets you can play with, uh, there's you know a, only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do, and, and it you know if, if if you don't blow shit up every now and then, then it it, it would get claustrophobic and not in a positive. Yeah. Horror movie way, but in a like God, just what are, what's so going on? Just get over. Just, I like, think all of this, like the signs of like what we're talking about, the, the comedy that's in there that often is like feels like maybe it's unintentional, but I really don't think it is. I think it's very intentional. I think uh, the, the the fact that like it is it does feel kind of drawn out. It spends so much time with the characters. It's all very intentional because I don't think this guy just wants to make a horror film, and no, I think he wants to make that very clear. This is not just a horror film, I, I, and maybe to the film's detriment, but I actually enjoyed that aspect of it. The majority of horror films, especially, you know, say films where people are in a strange location cut off from people, there's always that moment somewhere in the middle where people just start disappearing. In the conventional horror film, that is, that's what you go to see. That's like, you're going to go see all those people get killed in horrible ways. In this movie, a lot of people simply disappear with some bullshit explanation. Oh, no, he left. Okay, and so... I think that's one of the weaker parts of the film. I was going to bring that up, which was like, there's a point where he's like, we just need to get rid of some characters that ultimately are not really pertinent to the bigger story outside of the things they establish early on. And I just need to get rid of them. And And the way he deals with it, well, I mean, to some extent, but like, like even that is like, okay, those moments feel more predictably horror movie-ish and just like, okay, like he just wanted to get over with those can, moments. Can I just what they point out like. one thing? One character t- disappears and that character's friend goes, hey, where is so-and-so? Oh, well, they drove him into town to catch the next train in the truck. It's like, well, why didn't he take me with him? Oh, there's only there's only two seats in there, so he could, you know, it's just him and the driver, but they'll come back and I'm like, <laughs> it's, a truck. Gonna, it's a truck. That's a flatbed. I'm from South Texas and I'm Latino. <laughs> I know for a you fact that there are Mexicans in that thing. <laughs> you have a flatbed truck. You could have hauled all of those people out of there. Yes, you would have only gotten five miles an six bales of marijuana. But you would have gotten home. You would have gotten the train station. I just, I just want to point out that that um, on the way here, because they kept was, focusing on the truck. I know, truck. and it was it's sitting right there with the keys inside of it. But right. that was actually one of Shotlos's biggest concerns. He's like, why did they just fucking take the truck? Right. They could have just left anytime. They wanted to, I, yeah. but I feel like I feel like the movie is about the progression of like you start out in a some like in one state of mind and through drugs 
and a cult-like, you know, love and family. Being and this is how cults game. happen. Exhaust and and then yeah, exhaustion. And then and then you end up being just like enculturated. It's and, static. And this is, is enculturated a word because I hope yeah, it is. It is. It, it's it's, right, it's, it's actually that's a, a word. great word. I've never heard it because before, someone said it, and that's how language works. You can <laughs> look it up. Everybody look it up. And if you don't like it, send all your hate mail to cops at gmail. No, enculturated really is a word. Okay. Um, it, it it basically means that it's like you're you you're brainwashed by yeah. your family, religion, your yeah. culture, any of those but things. You know, like we all are. Right. Well, I yeah. feel like Oster is trying to do that to his audience, right. and I think that's part of the point of the long running time as yeah. well. And the slow build throughout all of this is kind of make you... You start out with one point of view, and by the end of the movie, you're like, oh yeah, that's totally right. Flower. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, doesn't let's make do that. a bunch of evil cultists. He's like, yeah. no, this is their religion. This is this is totally this is who they are, and they're not bad people. He makes a super interesting decision. I think the most interesting decision in this film that is one of those like, if this doesn't work, the whole film is not going to work. Where something horrific happens yeah. with this cult, like early on, that the characters get to see, and yeah. they're horrified by it. And then are being told, like, you don't understand. This has, like, been a very privatized community for a long time. This, in our viewpoint, is very beautiful. And they kind of go, okay, well, admittedly, we're really off our game here. And I guess I see what you're talking it's about. It's such a great... And it's, it's, it's so liberal it's, guilt. It's, it's like, the, yeah, it's the white liberal guilt. It's yeah. exactly just like, How well, dare you, you know, judge us? every couple of years, we eat somebody in the village, but <laughs> it is our culture. And it's like, well, I guess, wow. come on. What's eating a few people every couple of years? Especially <laughs> if they consented to it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, this movie actually mirrors, like... You know, that whole cult-like mentality that, that, that takes you from, like, inviting you into the cult, yeah. mm-hmm. and then slowly yeah. but surely indoctrinating yeah. you. And the first part like of that is Sunday taking... Sunday school and yeah, confirmation. Yeah, exactly. God, I remember first, when they made us trip balls in Sunday school. <laughs> well, other, well I mean, if you think about it... Honestly, we'd first, probably all be Catholics if they did that. <laughs> the first part of I'll it is... I'll eat some is of that blood of Christ, goddamn. <laughs> taking someone who is traumatized, yeah. and then slowly... Yes. Yeah, and then, like, indoctrinating them, and then often in, you know, modern cults, like, for example, David Crash or Charlie Manson, they give them hallucinogens, and they talk about, you know, how peace and love and happiness, oh, yo. Man, you gotta give uh, it up to the old school cult guys. Uh, <laughs> they knew how to fucking do it. None of this, like, oh, we're gonna join our sex cult, and I'm gonna brand my initials on you. Oh, you're gonna send us a oh, check. You you remember the good old days, though? I remember we the like golden the old- age of serial killers. I was thinking like Heaven's Gate, where everyone commits suicide. Yeah, that's super See, great. Fuck that! You have to cut off your balls. Yeah, that, that was like yeah, that was the end of the good. Yeah, times. that was the end of the good. Days. <laughs> it really was. All right, there let's go. Let's go to final thoughts. Um, thoughts, Marco. Final, final farts. Did you just say final farts? farts. Final farts. farts. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, no, this is. When we reviewed Hereditary, I said that whatever Ari Oster does next, I'm really curious to see. And when I heard that this was on the docket, I was like, I absolutely want to see that. I have no idea what it's about. I haven't seen a trailer. All I know, Ari Oster, Midsummer, all during the daylight, I'm on board. And I was not disappointed. Uh, this guy takes a couple of risks. 
and is doing something that is, he's not alone in this. I think right now we're in this really nice period where we're seeing, like you said, Chris, elevated horror. People are taking those I chances. Hate, I hate that term. I know you hate it. I, I artsy fartsy horror. I hate that. Artsy fartsy. I just call it smart. I just call it good horror. John, am I alone here? There's been lots of smart horror for decades. There's lots of smart horror. Of course. But the thing is, now we're actually getting back in the 70s, we called it Donald Sutherland horror. But now we're getting it in the mainstream. It's not just critically successful. It's financially successful, and it's not built purely on jump scares, which is what a lot of commercial successful horror is. And I give him credit for that. Uh, I've seen things in this film that I haven't seen really in anything else, and the uh, the dread that he sustains throughout the entire running time is... I mean, the guy's just a master technician. I will have to give this 9 out of 10 times I pissed on the wrong tree. <laughs> Patience? I loved it. I really, really love this film. I'm just like, oh my god, Patience Heart Group ten times a day. <laughs> every time I go see a genuinely great horror film with you, I'm always like, please, Patience, <laughs> don't let Patience fuck up the program. Please like this film like you should, like because like right before the movie, she's telling me I don't understand why you didn't like Piranha Two: The Spawning, and I'm like, God damn it, Patience! I want to take you out to like a botanical gardens now that you figured out how to experience joy. <laughs> Herodotus um, is great, but not like that hack work hereditary. I, I feel okay. So this is what I think: is I feel like Ari Oster really learned a lot from his, you know, first effort hereditary, which I mostly liked. You guys, Jesus Christ! You're the one who keeps calling it the worst movie you ever saw. No, that's it. Follows. Yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> everything right. was fine until Satan showed up in the treehouse. Right? That, that's okay. <laughs> Um, no, this movie was fucking fantastic. That first chapter, I mean, I was like, that broke my heart. Like, I actually, I felt feelings for the first time and I don't know how long. It, it, like. Oh my god, you need a hug. The whiskey will end that, trust me. Oh yeah, hold on, wait. There we go. Drink those feelings away. Yeah. Hey, you want to tamp those down and pour now. whiskey all over them. No, I, I actually, um, I, other than it being, like I said, a smidge too long, that's my only negative thing that I have to say about the movie. A smidge I, actually translates to 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, just about 15 it's, to 20. It's like 1.5 smidges. Yeah. Too long. <laughs> Thank you, Marco, for breaking that down for our <laughs> listeners. The math of smidge. No, I, I really, I think that Ari Oster really learned from his his like freshman effort. I think this is actually way better than Hereditary. Um, I the acting, holy cow, that main actress, except for Jack Reiner. Yeah, yeah, he's just whatever. I but, mean, he's 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 carrying his load. Like I said, he's just not bringing it. I, and he I looks thought, like he's always carrying a load. He showed us uh, his load. Uh, and his eyebrows, too. No, the eyebrows. I feel like his face was digitally manipulated towards the, in the third act of this film. Dude, oh, yeah. That was there was something about that it that they constantly looked like they were smoothing out his face. Yeah, no, they, like, they oh, were. Yeah, they, like, they wanted to... The and then there, was, there was that weird yeah. moment where... Was he a zombie? I don't, I, I don't think he was a zombie. He wasn't a zombie, but he was... Well, he had that <laughs> serpent in the rainbow thing. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. But this movie was great. I love the whole premise. I love... I I mean, the actress and the actors are great. Um, this movie... I mean, I, it's going to take me at least three days to unpack it. Mm. It's one of those movies that I'm going to be thinking about for the next couple of days. Indeed. 
Nine out of nine pubic hairs out of ten. <laughs> I can't believe that Marco didn't take that before you. That seemed like the obvious choice. That's why I was so glad you you call, called on me. I didn't say okay. you're too easy. I just uh-huh. said nine. Uh-huh. That was a uh-huh. hair too What's far, Marco. Oh, uh-huh. hairs. One pubic hair too far. Uh, John Golson, I'm dying to hear what your final. I lo- thoughts are. I loved it. I actually though I I. So I, I and I said this earlier, but I really like what it reveals about what Ariaster is afraid of. He's afraid of grief. He's afraid of uh, family secrets. Mm. He's afraid of cults. <laughs> um, and I think this. I think seeing this with Hereditary as a piece starts to unlock some themes uh, that he just kind of personally finds interesting to play with. Don't you think it's the same cult? Don't you think as well? He has a discomfort with modern technology. Like, there's a point where it's, like, almost like he want like, like is, but the Freyden likes this because that opening shot that's all, like, this amazing scenes that are so pretty singing and they're interrupted with a really loud phone sound. Yeah. I was, like, right off the bat, I was, like, this is going to, to some degree, involve him going, ooh, technology. He's interested <laughs> in architectural spaces, too, in both films. True. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that outside this room, I think we're going to find that it's more divisive than we think it, that it might be. I think oh, yeah. Hereditary is a more accessible movie to general public horror fans because the question people are going to walk away from is, is it scary? And if it's not scary, they're going to go, Ugh, it sucked. And it's not that it's not scary, but it's not scary. You know what I'm saying? It's not dedicated to it. It's super weird, and it's compelling throughout, and it's icky, and it's twisted, but is it get under your skin scary? Will I be afraid to ever put a flower wreath on my head? I don't know. Um, And I I think that's where a lot of... When does that come up for you? I feel like... (laughs) You don't live my life, Chris. Um... But I feel like I, I I would not be surprised if after this movie opens that we actually see a, a larger split where there are going to be people that really love it, and I have a feeling there's going to be people that really hate it. Of course. And I'm kind of just like, wait and see on that. I would give it 8 out of 10 assorted flavor Swedish fish. Nice. <laughs> nice. Bo? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I you know I, I liked Ari Oster's work in Hereditary, of course. Uh, I've I've really been kind of in, enjoying this, and, and and I'm with you. This is a horror movie, you know. We're just, you know, in a way, we're kind of returning to some of the stuff that was done in the '70s, where you you had stuff that that doesn't rely on jump scares, doesn't rely on you know slasher movie techniques. That is just like this movie engenders dread by you know its very subject matter and and you know how it unfolds before us uh i think that's that's always been there but i'm glad it's it's you know coming back into some sort of a spotlight uh <clears throat> my favorite thing about this movie is that i was pretty much for the entire run entirely wrapped with what was going on on screen as far as just visually I I was completely brought in. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the the characters. I I think uh, Florence Pugh is is, you know, kind of firming up into one of my my char- my favorite character actors even though she's not particularly likable. I don't know this. if I would call her a character actor. Oh, actually. I would. Uh, I'm not going to argue with the actual actor in the room, but uh, uh, would you call Meryl Streep a character actor? Yes, I would. Okay, fair. Then in that case, I agree with you. No, so actor with a lot of range, if you will. Fair. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't have as many problems with, with uh, Jack Rayner as, as, as some of you. I, I, like I said, I, I think that, you know, he wasn't able to, to make that leap at a really sterling work, but I, I, I think he, he carried his weight. Uh, and his you know, penis. But this, this, yeah, <laughs> the, the, this movie really, this, this movie he just swings his dick around this it, whole it, movie. It, it's, it's funny because, uh, <laughs> a lot of the movies that I've seen this year, I, I, I've, I've come up with the, like, you know, basic takeaway of for whatever this movie is, I really, really like the the acting, and I really like the character work. With this, the, it, it almost kind of goes by the wayside. Even though there, there's very competent work being done here, just uh, visually, thematically, uh, you know, the, this movie really sticks to its guns. It, it's got this this incredible symbology going on, incredible visuals. Uh, I, I just, you know, for lack of, of a better word, I, I found this movie incredibly fascinating. And it, it did indeed engender uh, dread in me. But, yeah, as, as I, I think John's hit it on the nose as far as if, if you go to, to a horror movie just to feel, you know, adrenaline pumping through your, through your thing, pumping through your soul or, or, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, being, being fearful of, of a boogeyman, you're, you're not going to get this here. But, uh, I think you, you brought up the wicker man. And I, I think this is a pay on to, to movies like that in that, uh, that's, that's not what the horror is here. The, the, the horror is, uh, you know, these, these people that are, they're, they're living a life that they've lived for a long time and they're, they're doing these, uh, you know, horrific things. And then when you bring in these, these modern people who are purposely brought in, uh, by the, the, the denizens of this village, uh, that's, that's, that's where, uh, that's where the dread and horror comes in. And for me, it really, really succeeded. Uh, I give it uh, nine out of 10, uh, midnight suns, which is the, the, the same amount and name of the acid I did the last time I felt this. <laughs> uh, in, uh, addressing your comment about, uh, Jack Rayner's penis, I would like to say he is definitely a shower. I cannot speak to whether or not he is a grower. Um, uh, his uncircumcised penis was glorious. <laughs> but well, it's and, uh, the, fact, the fact that they put a little blood on it. Yeah. Uh, well well, well done detail work. That's how I like my hot dogs. That's a bully. Too far, John. Too no, far. No, just, no, just no, not blood. too far for me, John. <laughs> no sauerkraut, no relish, nothing like that. Look, here's the thing for me. I been, slice. When I go to a Catholic wedding, I get a little creeped out. I'm just like, what is this? Is all what is happening? I lean over to whoever's with me, like, what is going on right now? What is that? What are they now's, doing? Now's when you kneel because God is actually three things. No, that point where you kneel, that you stand, then you kneel. That point where the more. couple goes back and has a private and conversation Jesus, in the back of the and church. Then you drink Jesus like, blood, it's a yeah. and then you kneel and stand, and then you kneel, stand, we call and it Pontius Pilates. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> workout. I don't like it. Uh, no offense towards Catholics hey, out but there. We I'm just saying. Crackers and wine. Alms, alms, angels. Oh man, imagine if they just dropped the tab of LSD under your tongue instead of the Holy Host. Oh man, I would have gone back to cut. Well, I would way go back. To all church. I'm saying is that ritualism makes me deeply uncomfortable of course. Yeah. Uh, on multiple levels, uh, and I. This movie got me on that level, like very creeped out right from the start of like all this weird ritualistic stuff that's constantly going on that seems like just, I mean, like they're dancing around with and fields full of flowers and it's just gorgeous. And yet they're doing this weird and inexplicable stuff that if I was there, I'd been like, what are you doing? Stop that right now. (laughs) And I'm, 
I found this deeply uncomfortable in the way that I guess was intended. I this genuinely, is I don't think he was trying to make you comfortable. Middle class people uncomfortable. Well, yeah, or or anybody who's uncomfortable with like religion and 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 ritualistic organizations. I just. I found myself like getting this gnawing feeling in the pit of my stomach that just grew and grew and grew as this movie was going on. And yet it isn't completely, like I said, intended to be a straight up horror film. It's, it's definitely a horror film, but he wants to do so much more than that. And he doesn't always succeed, but man, he succeeds so much more than he did even in hereditary. We're watching a major talent grow here in a and this is a big step up from hereditary for me i really genuinely think it is i i think that we're gonna whatever he he his masterpiece is still in front of him is what i'm saying we're watching him do these like there's just jordan peele right now even even simple shots there's moments where i was like this is just a very simple shot and what you chose to do with it was really 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 interesting yeah like just like a like just decisions of how to move the camera were like I was oh my god that's so cool and I kept saying to myself like this he makes it look so easy why doesn't everyone shoot a film like this but they don't so here we go with a film that's actually genuinely interesting to watch and engaging he works obviously very well with actors Uh Florence Pugh is a a gotcha yeah. Like for this movie, Holy shit. there's I think very few young actresses who could have pulled this off as well as she did, and she's she, gonna do amazing. She nailed it, and she is like she has to run the gamut of emotions in this yeah. film, and and of emotions of the audience in reaction to the way she the things are happening to her. She's quite fascinating. It's a shame that like like I said, the supporting characters they never really do interest interesting things with, but on the whole. They're only here to get the main characters where they want them to be. Like, they're quickly shuffled off as soon as they're like, we don't need you anymore. I would have liked it to feel like more of an ensemble piece, perhaps. But, and, like, that's not just me wanting that. It's that the way they're shuffled off is, like, kind of just like, okay, this was a little lazy. But, overall, we're dealing with a film that is... As much as he's great at working with characters, it's a visual film. Mm-hmm. And there's so much incredible visual stuff happening here. And a lot of it is stuff you've never seen before. Just little digital manipulations. Just little digital manipulations. Like, there's a shot like the where they make uh, Jack Rayner's eyes just slightly more bright. Yeah. And... I mean, if it's in reaction to a thing. Well, no, 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 but it's like, it's specific to an incident that happens to him right at that moment, and his eyes are just slowly, like, more glassy and bright. It's clearly a digital effect, but it's supposed to, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be clearly something that isn't right. It it calls attention to itself. And he finds a way to use that stuff that makes me go, I can't wait to see what you're going to do next with this sort of awareness that you can use that kind of uncanny valley of digital effects to your advantage, which he does repeatedly throughout this film. So I'm going to give this a uh, 9 out of 10 times I asked myself, please let patients like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I did. And I, I did. kept sitting there going and like, oh, God, please let patients like this movie because I, I don't want to have this yeah. discussion. I would uh, have to call the Summers Brothers down I on know. if you didn't. Uh, and uh, again, and address all Summers your hate, hate mail to Chris Cox <laughs> critic at gmail.com. <laughs>